Hi, this is James Shokin, host of Webcomics Reviews and Interviews. Today we're sitting down with Boom, cartoonist. So sit back, relax, and let the Geek Fest begin. Hey, I'm Boom. I made a webcomic called Boomerays for nine years and some. And um, webcomics is actually how I got started into comics at all, and now I'm a professional cartoonist. I would be – that's putting it humbly. I've seen you've got stuff like a Bedley, the Exposine Awards, Joe Schuster Awards, the Ignatz Awards. <laughs> Thank you. And the Billy List, which is the local um, award for the, the Montreal Comic Arts Festival. I'm a finalist this year, too. It's a stranger for me. <laughs> I'm, re- I'm really, really happy about it. I'm just bummed that, you know, the whole everything, like the whole pandemic thing. It's a shame. Um, has it basically affected you a whole lot, or? Uh, yeah. Um, most of my income is actually from festivals and conventions, and uh, it looks like I won't be doing any uh, this year. Um, thankfully, you know, my my husband can support the both of us, but I won't be <laughs> making a lot of money this year. Um, I'm self-publishing a book. Every year, and this year is my last Boomerys book, and usually I launch it at TCAF, and um, so now I'm just gonna uh, have it printed and hopefully sell a few on, you know, on the internet, hoping I can ship some around the world. But it probably won't be as big as it would have been uh, had I been to, you know, festivals in person. Uh, but also, it's a bummer because TCAF, especially, and MCAF are just so fun to be at, just to be to hang out with a bunch of uh, other cartoonists and professionals and illustrators and, and friends and people I just see at TGAC every year. Like it's like summer camp. It's like the, the one time a year where you can hang out with these, uh, the people that do the same things as you do. Um, and it's just so sad that we won't be doing this this year. Um, I hope. 2021 is easier on everybody, <laughs> not just the comics, um, just not the com- not just the comics community, but everywhere. Uh, anyway, it's a scary time. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's just a lot of chaos happening. And then, yeah. of course, we have the dreaded murder hornets. But you know. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I I've got to stop making fun of the murder hornets. It's just that. Yes, I'm a sci-fi geek. So anytime you have some sort of really silly monster, it's hard not to make fun of it. You know, Godzilla, with a Mothra. Name, like, yeah, with a name like Murder Hornet, <laughs> it's it's just made to be made fun of. Straight up, I'm still waiting for the sci-fi. The, you you heard of the Sci-Fi Channel? I'm still waiting for them to come out with their like triple B rated movie on Murder Hornet. <laughs> Soon, I was in Japan last summer and. I did. I saw that. I saw some of them, or actually, I don't know if they were the murder hornets, but I saw some dead, really gigantic hornets, like dead on the ground. And we had seen signs like "Beware of the hornets," and we we're just like, like, why do they put signs up? And then suddenly you see that one on the ground, and it's freaking huge. <laughs> <laughs> And so um, I know what it's like. <laughs> I've seen it. So now that it's in America, I'm just kind of like, oh well, <laughs> you know, it's, we'll we'll go we'll go um, we'll be fine, I guess. But it, they're huge. 
They're really scary looking. But I only saw that one. America, I'm not worried about when it comes to hornets. It's just straight up. We like our, you know, we like our raid um, anti-insect spray. We like our flamethrowers. We like our baseball bats. I'm not worried about something that's big, slow, and uh, big and obvious, you know? There's scarier things out there. <laughs> right. All right, so tell me a little about your boom, uh, about the boomerangs. Um, I started boomerangs and, and – um, 2011. Actually, I started on a Hourly Comic Day. I don't know if you're familiar with that. Probably if you've been reading web comics. Um, Hourly Comic Day is on February 1st of every, every year. Uh, and it's a day where, uh, people make, <clears throat> sorry, um, make comics all day, like one comic every hour, just to, just to illustrate their day. So it's kind of like an autobio comic strip kind of day and um uh, two of my friends were uh registered you had to register on a forum back then now it's free for all and everybody posts theirs on social media but back then it was on the forum and two of my friends had registered and i wasn't doing, even doing comics at the time i'm um, a traditional animator by trade i studied the uh, traditional animation and worked in the field for a while and um, when my friends registered, I was like, I'm not sure I'm, you know, comics are kind of scary to me, but this is just a one day thing. So I should try it. It's going to be fun. So I did. And I um, posted everything on Twitter. And by the end of the day, I was like, OK, I'm done. That was nice. Uh, I enjoyed doing it. But uh, the response I got on Twitter was very positive. People were like, no, you've actually found something that you seem really comfortable with. And uh, it's really funny and we want more. So I did a test run where I uh, drew a comic strip, an autobio comic strip every day for a week. And um, I liked the experience. So I decided to, uh, I launched a, simple, you know, web comics, uh, comics press, actually, um, WordPress website. And I did three comic strips a week, uh, from then on. And I, uh, I only stopped, uh, last February when I decided that I had to move on to something else. Um, and then everything else happened from there. Uh, after six months of doing boomerangs, Steadily, I I decided to self-publish the first book, the first collection of the webcomic, and I sold out. It, it was a very, very small print run, but I sold out within a week. So I was like, okay, I, I think I've got something. So I kept going, um, and now I'm uh, having the 10th book printed like right now. I just uh, got the proofs yesterday. Um, and from... There, I was able to tackle on bigger comic projects. I did a small graphic novel called um, A Small Revolution that was published in French and English. Um, in French, it was in 2012, but then in English, it was in 2017. Uh, and I, yeah, <laughs> I've been doing only comics since. I've never animated anything since 2012, <laughs> and I don't miss it. Huh. I mean, I can definitely see how those skills would translate over. 
Uh, when you were doing um, animation, uh, were you more interested in the art side or the story side? I was I was interested in the story side. I think it shows just the way I draw. Like I can draw, but I don't think I'm you know, that good at it. I think my my strengths are more in the pacing and the storytelling. I think one day it might happen where um, I would write a, a book and not draw it, like have somebody else draw, draw it for me or with me. Um, I have drawn one comic that I didn't write. Uh, it's in Quebec. It's, it's on French only. And... Um, it was an interesting experience, but I did not enjoy it as much as I thought I would. Comics are a lot of work, and I have I found out that I I don't like drawing enough to work so hard on a comic that I didn't write. Like I would I would disagree with some parts of the scenario and and, and the dialogues and things like that. I was like I would change this, but I can't because I'm not the author, and the author wants it that way. Um, so the book is okay. Uh, I, it didn't do that well. I, I suppose I, 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 we were maybe supposed to do a sequel, but I don't think it's going to happen because it's been years now. And I would, I would probably say no. <laughs> uh, cause now I, I think I would rather be a writer than an illustrator. So yes, definitely story side. <laughs> cool. Definitely appreciate that. Um, what was your basic process when you were doing Boomerangs in terms of, you know, how how were you doing the plot, that sort of thing? Um, so Boomerangs, it's all true stories. Uh, it's all inspired from, you know, reality. And it's much closer to reality than people think, usually. Uh, they think it's, you know, I, I, I don't make stuff up in Boomerangs. It's, I only... I guess I could I synthesize, I suppose. Like sometimes the conversation is going to be too long for four panels, so I'm just going to, you know, shorten it, do a quick um, context. You know, okay, this was happening and this ha- this happened, and then punchline. Um, so it basically wrote itself. I couldn't. I had nothing to do. Uh, when something funny happened, I would write it down on my phone or you know whatever I had handy, usually on my phone. So I had a list of funny stuff that had happened to me. And as time um, went uh, went by, I got better and better at, uh, you know, finding what would be funny on the spot. Like immediately after it happened, I would know what four panels that would make. Um, and then I would just go directly to the, the penciling stage. So no thumbnails, no no script. So I have this um, four panel template that I made. I would just, you know, trace the panels and go directly to um, pencils and then immediately ink and a quick uh, Photoshop um, uh, shading. And uh, I re-letter in Photoshop just because it's cleaner than my, you know, pencil and scanned pencil or whatever. And um, if I am not like interrupted or, I guess, distracted by anything. A strip usually takes me uh, about half an hour to make from start to finish. So it's pretty quick. Um, but now, you know, I haven't, I haven't drawn a strip in a while now. It's, I miss it, but I, I needed to end Boomeries to move on to bigger projects because I, I didn't have any time for anything else. I might go back to it um, 
someday. Uh, I still have a few. Like it's so weird that I ended this right before the pandemic. What what kind of timing is this? Because now I have a bunch of new stories that I have never told. Stories of being you know confined and that kind of thing, and I, that would make an interesting book. So I, I might do a zine. I don't know. Um, I'll see how like how, how much free time I have because um because right now I have a. I also do children's illustration on the site, and now I have a contract right now that keeps me busy. So, first off, yeah, I'm looking at Boomeries right now, and it's actually a pretty decent art style. I mean, it's not ultra complicated, but that's fine. It's a web, you know, it's a four-panel web comic, you know, basically a gag strip. It is, yeah. So it's actually pretty good, uh, some pretty good decent art. Thank you. It's um, I can do better, uh, but it's what what kept me going. I mean, how I was able to keep Boomeries going on for so long was because it was simple. Uh, like, I, I wish I could have done color, but I would never have enough time to do it. And then I had I had two children. And through pregnancy and their, you know, infancy, anyway, whatever, um, I, I was really, really busy with the kids and adjusting to my new life. And I still kept making comics because I had time to do them just because they're simple and I kept them that way. Um, I'm, I'm trying to um, do something more complicated for my next uh, comic project. Um, it's, it's still in the script uh, stage. So I haven't, you know, I'm, I'm starting to work on a storyboard, so it's not nowhere near completion. And even, if I had started, like, if I start full-time, drawing it full-time, it might take me still, you know, maybe two years to make because it's a few hundred pages. Um, but it's it's way more uh, detailed than Boomerang's just because I want to do something different. First off, uh, how much of a lifeline was doing Boomerang's? I mean, at that point, that would have been something, especially with the kids going on, that would have been something you could have basically just gone to and just sort of a refuge refuge of sort. Uh, how, how much of a lifeline it was? Uh, basically just something to get away from the kids. You know, just something, oh. which I know well, is I weird to say, but... It kept me sane, for sure. <laughs> uh, throughout pregnancy, too, even if I didn't know at the time. Um, especially my first pregnancy, it was pretty... I was kind of depressed, I guess, the hormones and everything. Um, and I thought that everything I, I would draw or the comics I would make, I thought they were pretty bad uh, as I was making them. But the webcomic format gave me no choice. I would make a comic and put it online, and then out, it was out in the world. And it was too late now. And when I read those comics from um, 2013, they're not bad. I thought they were terrible, and then I read them today, and I'm kind of like, that, that, that's, that was funny. What, where's the problem? I just remember what kind of state of mind I was in. Um, and I felt terrible about my work, but, uh, it just, I think it helps me to stay, I guess, grounded. Like, not, cause when you have children in the beginning, you kind of lose yourself. You're kind of like, what am I? Who am I? Especially when the first weeks where you don't sleep a lot and then all you do is, feed the baby and change diapers um, just to have this you know occasional half hour where I would draw comics it still made me feel like 
I'm still me. I'm still myself. It's just that I have a baby now. It's the, you know, same life just with a baby. So it was definitely therapeutic for me. And then I, I didn't know then, but it would, I, I learned later on that it helped a bunch of pregnant women, um, to cope. Like they would read my comics, my pregnancy comics and my baby comics and they, it would help them, uh, feel better about themselves or, laugh at the kind of life they, they had now. So um, it was interesting. I definitely lost some readers because of the baby things. Um, some people were like, yeah, you know, babies, not my kind of thing, not my cup of tea. Uh, but I gained, uh, you know, a whole uh, bunch more people. Suddenly parents were uh, in my radar, I guess. <laughs> Cool. I mean, it's usually we, I usually hear the webcomic is a source of insanity rather than keeping people. <laughs> no, it kept me sane. Yeah. <laughs> There's no other word for it for me. All right. And briefly, what's La Petite Révolution all about? Uh, La Petite Révolution, uh, it has an English uh, title because it was released in English. It's a small revolution. This one is about, it's fiction. It's like a polar opposite to Boomerang. It's a fiction. It's a drama. Um, it's about um, a country that I don't name. It's not important. I made it up. So um, a country um, that, that has, that where there's a dictator um, and there's a revolution brewing. <coughs> I'm sorry. And there's a revolution um, being organized. The main character is a child. Uh, she's about 10 and she wants to take part in the revolution, but the, she's a, she's a kid. So what does she understand from the politic aspect of it and what can she do? Um, so if things happen and it's her, it's about her own personal revolution, what she does and what she becomes. Um, it's actually, uh, the character, the main character, is a character I created when I was in high school. It must have been 14 or 15 when I came up with um, her character and her name. I just didn't have a setting for her in the story. I just liked her design. She was almost final. I knew what kind of... She, she has this weird... I call it her baseball hat. She has this weird hat that kind of looks like a baseball. Um, and But I had no no story to tell. And then when I was in uh, university many years later, I had um, creative writing class. Uh, and I also had the same day, just actually right before my creative writing class, I had um, history of the USSR class. And so I would co go out, come out of that class about the USSR with like images of Stalin and, and war and, I when I got into my creative writing class and we I learned we had to write a novella. I was like, I think it's now or never. I I might as well build this uh, this dystopian uh, world and put this character in. And then, um, so I wrote this novella. I had a good grade for it, and people and everybody in the class had to read it, which was really. Um, <laughs> 
uh, scary because usually I wrote a bunch of stories in my life, but then only my best friend would read them. But then suddenly my whole class in university had to read it. It was scary. But then people liked it. So um, a couple years later, after I had begun Boomerays, uh, I saw there was um, a call for entries for um, a publisher in Montreal, and they were looking for a short story that that was kind of like a genre. Like uh, I'm I kind of stretched uh, the the limits of their uh, the rules for the submissions, but they I, I was I was selected, so my book was selected, and I got published by them uh, the year after. So that was fun. That was my first long form comic, and it's not even that long. It's never long enough. It always people read comics too fast. It's so it's so sad, like to get to work on a comic for months and years and countless hours, and then it's out in the world, and then your friend calls you, and, and they're like, "Your comic is great, but I read it in 20 minutes." <laughs> Yeah, it's sort of interesting to see comics that do use uh, children as a metaphor for war, or at least to show, make a comment on war. Uh, Jules Pfeiffer's Monroe, for example, is a pretty famous example. Mm-hmm. I don't know why I, did, I decided to do that. I think it's just, yeah, to keep, just to have some innocence in there. <laughs> so, um, so what's your next project? going to be on? Um, you haven't decided gonna, yet. Oh, I have decided. I have the script. I know how long it's going to be. Um, unless, you know, I could, things could change. Um, it's a fiction. It's it's based on some aspects of my life, but it's still a fiction. It's um, with a bunch of new characters. Um, I have posted about these characters, uh, well, especially the main one, on my social media. Um I'm looking to find balance between um, the style I went for in A Small Revolution and then Boomerays, because Boomerays is way cartoony, and then A Small Revolution is, I guess, it's still cartoony because they have, like, brown faces and huge eyes. I'm, I'm tr- trying to find an in-between. Um, and it's um, my book's going to be set in, in Montreal, and I was going to say present day, but I'm not sure. I read something today that was interesting that now when you write a story, like, is it like before COVID or after? Like, we don't know what's coming. Like, my story is, is, was written before this all happened. But will we ever go back to, like, the same life? So I might have to set it before the pandemic, just so I know what I'm writing about. Because the future is so uncertain. Anyway, <laughs> I can't, I, I can't like tell you too much about it because it's still, you know, in its early stages, and I want to kind of keep it secret. Um, but the main character is a young woman called Odette, and um, she has this funny haircut. Uh, not funny, funny, but like she has this bowl, uh, bowl cut, bowl cut thing. Yeah, I think it's called. Um, and yeah, <laughs> she's cool. I like her. I like I like drawing her a lot. Okay. 
So, and you've also done a little bit of children's illustration. See that basically in the same style as the boomeries, or you pretty much have a little bit more fun with it? Um, it's varied. Uh, I've done stuff that's closer to boomerangs than it is to what I'm doing right now. Um, but usually it's in color. Uh, so that's, I guess that's different. But, um, what I'm working on right now, it's a, it's in French. It's a series about witches and they specifically asked, um, uh, for a more, um, I guess proportioned style. Um, they had fallen in love with some of the mermaids that had drawn for mermaid. I don't know if you're familiar with this uh, hashtag. That's it. that's happening in May, in the month of May, where people uh, draw one mermaid every day in May. Um, I when was that? Two years ago, I think. Probably. I yeah. Uh, two years ago, I did mermaid. Um, I'm not sure if I finished it because um, you can only draw so many mermaids. And after a while, I think I was kind of like all mermaided out. Uh, but they, um, I had tried some some more realistic drawings, and they uh, they wanted that. So it's no, it's fun. It's different. I'm using it to um, get used to some tools that I'll be using in my in my graphic novel that I want to do, like uh, the programs. That's how I taught, taught myself um, Cliff Studio because um, I had never used it before, really. And so that's, I use I usually use these children's illustration opportunities to test some techniques and see if I'm comfortable doing long-term projects with them and then apply them uh, on a comic because comics are a lot more work than children's illustration, <laughs> I find at least. Well, yeah, for your from your perspective, there's a lot more to it because not only are you having to do the illustration, but you're also having to do the writing as well. Yeah. Uh, first off, hard. <laughs> uh, what's your inspiration for that particular for your uh, drawing style? I mean, from what I'm looking at, especially your children illustrating stuff, it looks like a mix of. Uh, to a certain degree, uh, Nickelodeon, uh, Nicktoons, and some of the uh, Cartoon Network stuff, especially with the Adventure Time. Uh, that's cool. I've never really watched Adventure Time. I, it's probably like uh, blasphemy or whatever. <laughs> um, I've watched a lot of Steven Universe, and I think it's probably... I think their mouth have kind of... Uh, I guess influenced the way I draw that mouth. It's like the trendy, trendy anime animated mouth. Um, I'm not sure where I grab my inspiration. I've I've drawn all my life, and I've had all sorts of influences over time, uh, from comics to video games to manga, anime. Um, I've drawn manga style for years uh, when I was a teenager. So um, the the small revolution style is actually closer to what I usually draw. Like I've drawn more like this all my life than boomeries, which is strange <laughs> to some because I've done boomeries for so long now. It's my longest ever um, project. And um, I'm not sure. I've, some people have told me that uh, boomeries looked like a mix of peanuts and also Shibi-style manga. And I kind of like that, because it's like, 
you know, minimalistic cartoon versus Japanese influences. And I think that summarizes it pretty well. Oh, definitely. I mean, the super deformed style where basically everything is drawn just as a little bit uh, almost childlike with those proportions is yeah. actually is also yeah, it's definitely all sorts of fun. So basically, and have you got anything else out there that's sort of fun? I mean, obviously besides the boom reason and the uh, small revolution. If I have anything, anything else, um, I I released the book last October that was about pregnancy, and it's kind of like a glorified Boomeries book because it's in the Boomeries style. But um, so the the book is um, it's the title is Nozimetsnali Ultopitsbana, which means uh, morning sickness and other small joys. Uh, it doesn't exist in English yet, but hopefully someday I want to get it translated and published in English, but it's not as easy as it, as it sounds. Um, and so the, it's not all true stories, but it's inspired by pregnancy. It's kind of like, and it, it's not, I, I don't want to say educational, but it kind of is because it's like, a portrait of like the trimesters of pregnancy and that kind of thing, but it's it's really not serious. I keep making fun of myself. Uh, uh, at some point, I'm naked, um, and it's it's more it's it's uh, because it's about pregnancy and it's a, a great book to give to pregnant women. It's more adult than Boomeries ever was. Uh, I didn't intend Boomeries to be all ages, but when I started selling the books, I noticed that children were attracted by it. And then I had to watch out and not put too many swear words in there. So uh, that book, the, the pregnancy book, is definitely more, uh, it has, you know, some swear words, some nudity. Uh, I talk about sex. I talk about that kind of thing um, more. And I did it entirely uh, analog, so it's all watercolor and and ink, and it was a pain in the butt to do, but it was worth it. Uh, so it looks it's much prettier than Boomeries. Uh, I wouldn't have been able to do Boomeries this pretty for nine years. So it's just fun to see that same style in a very polished uh, way. The book looks real nice too. The editor, the publisher, is a really well-known publisher in Quebec and um, Europe. It's called uh, La Pastèque. Um, but um, I want to do. I want to do a second one at some point, but I'm not ready for it now. Uh, the nice thing too is that since I began doing comics, you know this thing where you can show or sell or you know frame original pages. I can't really do that because Boomeries, my originals are kind of like meh on computer paper. They look really ordinary. Um, a Small Revolution was entirely inked on the computer. So my pages, my pencils, they look like crap. Uh, there were just like a bunch of, I wouldn't even draw the faces sometimes. Like just this is where the head's going to be. Okay, fine. A future me is going to fix it in ink while inking. And um, but that pregnancy book because it's all watercolor, the pages look really nice in person, and it's just a fun. I guess um, I was gonna say not memory. I can't find the word. See, that's where I told you I was gonna struggle. <laughs> uh, just 
it's just fun to look at. I have this huge binder with all my pages, and I've been selling some, framing some. Um, I don't know, just, uh, some kind of legacy. Yeah, that's the word I was looking for. Um, yeah, I've been looking at the Ojoy sex toy, and that, that too looks pretty good. Oh, yeah. So. Thanks. Yeah, that was fun. The first one, I had, I pitched it to Erica and Matthew. I, I knew them. I, I've met them before, both of them. I've met them at, um, was it Emerald City? I think, Emerald City Comic Con. Um, but then the second one, they reached for me. Uh, they reached out to me, sorry, um, because they needed help uh, because uh, Erica had health uh, issues and um, they needed to have as many guest comics as they could. And so they, I had just, it was within a year, I think, I had just uh, published the first one about um, sex and pregnancy and I was really happy that they wanted to see me again. And uh, they're really fun to do. I, I enjoy doing them. They basically draw themselves. Yeah, you actually have sort of an impressive resume going. <laughs> Thank you. I'm I'm busy. I like to keep myself busy. I like to try new things. Um, when it came to the watercolor, how much fun was that? I mean, I know watercolors can be a little annoying, but at the same time, they look pretty impressive when you pull them off. Um, it's, it's still monochromatic though. So it's, um, it's not even like true watercolor. It's, it's an ink. Uh, it's called Ecoline ink. I'm not even sure how to pronounce it. Uh, it's, um, water soluble ink. And I only used one color. Um, I'm not good at watercolor at all. Uh, but this use that's just, you know, one color shading, like pale, like, from pale to dark, I had like two or three uh, tones, I suppose. Uh, it was easy enough for me. Like I, I felt confident enough to, to use it. But a fun story about that ink is that um, the ink kit belonged to my grandfather, who passed away in 1988. Um, so that ink is old. I am not sure if the pigment is even close to what it was when he used it back in the 80s. Um, I don't know why I ended up with it. My, it was, I think my mom kept it. My mom's also an artist, although she doesn't ever draw anymore. She, like, she knits now, and she's like, oh, you know, it's basically the same for me. And she's like, what the hell, mom? Um, anyway, so she gave me the ink, uh, my grandfather's ink, and I've been telling myself that I, I wanted to use it at least for one book before it all, it all dried out. I don't know why it's not dried out, honestly. Um, and so the, the ink is really, really saturated. I don't know if it, probably some of the <clears throat> the ink has evaporate, evaporated. Um, and it's just so, it's such a beautiful color and um, it didn't scan that well. So the originals are much uh, brighter, much more saturated than the book, which is fine because people don't know when they look at the book, unless I like draw, you know, um, unless I sign the book with a little drawing and use the ink, and then people are like, oh, that's what, what? That's that's the color was supposed to be. 
but um, I would definitely do another book with that ink. Uh, yeah, it was it was just lovely. But the inking before it, um, that was not the best thing. I, I used the light table, but I had to ink on. Uh, I used Bristol board because I want I, I need thick paper to use the ink the, like the the watercolor on. But my light table wasn't bright enough. So anyway, it was, uh, I struggled to ink the whole book. And then the water coloring um, phase was the fun part, but it was the last part. So it was a long, you know, long battle until uh, the fun part began. Um, yeah, I think that's what I had to say about this. <laughs> well, like I said, everybody has their own process. So it's always fun to see what everybody does in terms of, you know, how they create their, their particular art form. Mm-hmm. So, and you're basically working through a publisher right now. Uh, yes and no. Bomeray's is a complicated case because uh, uh, all ten books, uh, some of which are out of print forever, like they were uh, limited print runs, and I'm not printing them again because even if people have been asking for them, it breaks my heart, but I, I can't do this. I don't have the money. I don't have the this, this space in my in my apartment to keep all of these boxes. And keeping inventory is, is a, you know, not for me, I guess. It's it's really hard. Um, so I, I self-published all the books. Um, but I signed with a, a publisher in Quebec, which is also, it's, it's actually a French publisher from France but they have a Quebec branch and I have signed with them to publish uh, an omnibus, like the, the whole, uh, the complete collection, um, which is also why I ended the webcomic because to have a complete collection, it's got to stop at some point. Um, so yeah, it was supposed to come out this April, but COVID happened. So um, the first, cause it's not going to be just one book. Because one book for the collection would have been thick as a dictionary. <laughs> Maybe not that thick, but, you know, very, very thick. And it would have been a book uh, selling for, like, I guess $80 or something. And the publisher didn't want to take that risk. They were like, no one's going to buy it. No one's going to buy that big a book. for I mean, some hardcore fans might, but they wanted to attract new fans. So they're publishing. Uh, we're probably going to do four uh, books, but they're going to be bigger. Uh, they're going to be hardcover. My, um, my self-published uh, Boomers are softcover. They're really uh, cheap looking because, um, uh, you know, I wanted them to be the least expensive possible. So they had like really thin softcover and really thin pages and, and um, black and white. And the, um, the, the omnibus is going to be hardcover. Uh, it's going to be color, but there's no way I'm coloring all my boomer strips. I would love to, but that's like 1600 strips and that's about two full, like two years of work full time. <laughs> and I don't have that time and I don't, I will be paid for this. So no, I'm coloring some comics. Uh, there's going to be also bonus uh, strips and uh, in the omnibus. So that should come out in French though. Uh, this September, I guess, because we don't know for sure. Um, 
and then I'm going to try really, really hard to get um, an English version of it printed as well. Hopefully, maybe not in four books, though. I would have preferred maybe two. Kind of like, um, have you seen the Complete Girls with Slingshots? The You have, okay. Uh, this one looks absolutely amazing, and I would have loved to have something like that, like two really big books. That would have been nice. But it's going to be fine. I'm going to have like four four books, and it, it might come in a box set at the end, and uh, they're going to be really big and bright, and the, I'm really happy with the cover, uh, which hasn't been revealed yet. Uh, I've done it. I'm, I'm not even sure if it's going to be like – I'm not even sure what it's going to look like. Everything's on hiatus. Like right now, it was supposed to come out this April, this last April, and the publisher is not in a hurry to write me to write back to me because she's got other fish to fry and she works from home. Uh, so you know, <laughs> uh, everything real, on pause. Sorry, uh, real quick, what's the difference you've noticed between working for a publisher and working self-publishing? Uh, pros of working with a publisher is definitely. Uh, distribution and 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 um, printing not handling printing costs because printing is expensive uh, like printing boomerangs the self-published books is not so bad because they have um, there's small books you know like really thin paper and since it's a black and white but once I did this really really small zine um, that was in color it was a collection of comics I made here and there. I just put them all together and made a zine out of it. And um, because it was in color, I had it printed uh, at the same printer where I have my I, I print my boomerangs, which is um, a printer that specializes in small print runs. So you don't have like to print three thousand books <clears throat> to get a good price uh, per unit. Um, and so I printed I think a hundred zines. And because it was in color, printing 100 zines was the same price. <clears throat> and the zine was like 20 pages or, you know, something really, really small. And it was the same price as printing 300 Boomerang's books. So that was a, because of the color. So right then, and it was, it was a stapled zine. The Boomer's book are bound. It's not stapled. So I, was, I was just like, okay, so color is and the front, like it's something else entirely. So working with a publisher is definitely, you know, a plus for uh, the look of the book. My pregnancy book is the best looking book I've had uh, ever published. It's hardcover. It's got the, it's got a round spine. It's really pretty. The the there's um. Page de gal. You know when there's a hardcover book and you pen the book, there's like these neat patterns on the first pages. I don't know how do you call those. I want to say Mar, but Amare, but. Okay, I don't know. Anyway, so the book looks really nice, and it would have it wouldn't have looked this good if I had done it by myself. Um, on the other hand. Sometimes you argue with publishers about some things. Sometimes it can be as stupid like, as like a comma. Like, I don't want a comma there, but they insist. And sometimes they do it behind your back. Um, I, I write my comics and I don't use a lot of punctuation because I think sometimes it's 
funny, funnier sounding, sounding, I guess, the jokes, funnier if there's no period at the end of the sentence, and it's all intentional. Like, the, if there's no period at the end of my sentence, I, it's, I made it that way. It was a decision I, I, I took, you know. Um, but some publishers don't like that. And they're like, this is not a, a sentence if it doesn't have a period. And then if I argue with them, they're going to have, often going to have the last word. Like, I don't get to decide. They do. Um, oh, I didn't talk about distribution, but publishers that have a wide distribution, that's definitely a huge, huge pro. <laughs> um, my uh, pregnancy book is available in Europe. And that's Boomeries. Uh, I mean, I sell some on the web with like two. I don't know how many books I've sold in France, maybe five. So this is a whole different world. Um, but also sometimes I deal with people who don't know, like because I've done everything myself, like the page layouts um, and the, the covers and the title design and everything, because I'm used to doing it by myself, I often find, I often clash with the graphic designers I'm paired with. Like sometimes I don't feel they understand what I want and I would, I, I want to do it myself, but I can't. I have to explain to them and sometimes we're in a disagreement and the publisher, I can't, I never talk to them directly. I always have to talk to the publisher and then they talk to the graphic designer and then the, the graphic designer speaks to the publisher and then the publisher has to get back to me. So it's always like it takes forever. And sometimes it's something really stupid. Like, can you please change the font on the page numbers? And then it takes months before it happens and I have to, to be really naggy about it. And I don't know. I think I, I, sometimes I would like to do everything myself again, but then I, I I'm reminded that, Oh, the book is going to have a much nicer distribution and much nicer look than if I had done it myself. And also, it's not me paying out of pocket. So there's pros and cons to every every book. It's nice to be in charge when you're self-publishing. It's very like, nice to you decide. You do whatever you want. I'll bet. <laughs> All right. I guess you doing the whole time to wrap things up. Any final thoughts on anything we haven't covered or anything you'd like to say? I think I said pretty much everything I had to say. Thank you. Thank you. And, of course, the obligatory, uh, anything you'd like to plug? Um, plug? Uh, I don't know. Um, uh, maybe um, one of my best friends from for years, I don't know um, if you know her, her pen name is Cab. Have you heard of her? I guess maybe not. Hmm? Probably have. This is me, so. <laughs> um, so she did the webcomic Nuclear Winter that was published by Boom uh, Studios uh, last well, in three different volumes. So I think it was over the course of the last two years. Anyway, right now she's working on a new webcomic called U-Town. And um, so it's U, like the letter U, utowncomic.com. And it's gorgeous. It's black and white, and she uses screen tones, and it's 
it's just one of the best looking web comics I've been reading recently. And I'm not saying that because she's my friend. I'm saying that because I'm really proud of her (laughs) and that uh, it looks amazing. And she deserves way more uh, recognition um, for what she does. Um, And yeah, so I guess that's going to be my plug. So Cab's U-Town, a new web comic. She's uh, started recently, uh, like a few months ago. Okay, I'll definitely make sure there's a uh, URL listing for that. Cool. So, all right. Well, it's been great having you. Yeah, thanks for having me. So, and with a little bit of luck, I should basically have this edited by this evening, but it probably won't go live till actually next Wednesday. You you you'll finish editing this evening? Oh yeah, it's earlier. I was like, it's getting late. Besides <laughs> you. It doesn't matter because I'm a writer, so I have the whole insomnia thing down pat. <laughs> I bet. Awesome. Okay. Thank you. I'll, I'll be sure to um, uh, uh, spread the word when it comes out. All right. Much appreciate. Have a great day. Thanks. Or you great too. Great evening. <laughs> <laughs> this episode of Webcomics Reviews and Interviews is brought to you by Podfave.com. You love podcasts, but it's hard finding that next bingeable show. Podfave's has taken out the guesswork by easily identifying the best podcasts out there so you can spend less time searching and more time listening. That's P-O-D-F-A-V-S dot com. And that's our show. For those interested in supporting the show, check out our Patreon page, patreon.com slash two sparrows, T-W-O. It features minicasts, next episode, and unedited interviews, and I'm working on transcripts of the various shows. We also have an Alexis app offering two-minute minicasts offering writing and business tips, as well as affirmations to keep you writing. We also have curated playlists on YouTube with all the shows broken down to different playlists based on topic. It also includes a good part of available minicasts as well as the Alexis briefs. So please support our Patreon page, download the Alexis app, and subscribe to the YouTube channel, and please talk to us on Facebook. Thank you and have a great day.